From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast, presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. It is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. The director of the Ohio Department of Health said in a press conference this morning that new COVID-19 case numbers are on a steady decline in Ohio. Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff says the rate of cases has dropped by the thousands and continues to see a steady decline. Just in the last week alone, states' hospitalization numbers have declined by 18 percent, a further sign that the Omicron wave is in fact receding about as quickly as it arose. Taking a look at statewide hospitalizations, Ohio is averaging fewer than 300 new admissions per day. Ohio Democratic U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown is reacting to the lifting of mask mandates in some states. ONN's Dave James has more. Some states are lifting mask mandates in schools. Ohio has no such mandates at the state level. They're controlled locally and vary in scope. After the Republican-led state legislature restricted Governor Mike DeWine's ability to issue health orders, Senator Brown says that has hurt Ohio. Many states have the virus under control a lot better than Ohio. We've had a state government that's been resistant to public public health measures. They've played it politically instead of listening to public health officials. Dave James, I went in news. State health officials are working with more than 3,800 vaccine providers across Ohio to prepare to vaccinate kids as young as six months old once the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is approved for that age group. More from Kiana Deitches. It's been three months since the FDA authorized Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds. According to the Ohio Department of Health data, since then, just over 24% of Ohio children in that age range have gotten at least one shot. The percentage jumps to 48% for the 12 to 17 age range. ODH says it's important to note the vaccine for children ages six months to four years old is a different formula than the other kid vaccine. I'm Kiana Deitches. Authorities in Columbus have released new information pertaining to the apparent abduction and murder of a Muslim leader in the city late last year. More from Tracy Townsend. We now know Muhammad Hassan Adan was shot in the head. According to investigators, he was killed on Christmas Eve. Members of the Somali community discovered his body in a van near a wooded area off of Windsor Avenue. The Ohio chapter of the Council on American-Islamic Relations and its national headquarters also announced a combined $20,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person who killed him. I'm Tracy Townsend. The Lorain County Sheriff's Office is mourning the unexpected loss of one of its own yesterday. Clay Gordon has the story. Officials say a sheriff's deputy suffered a medical emergency while on duty at the Lorain County Justice Center in Elyria yesterday afternoon. They were taken by ambulance to University Hospital Elyria Medical Center, but were later pronounced dead. No information regarding the deceased deputy's identity or exact cause of death is yet to be available. Last night, several law enforcement departments in Lorain and Erie counties took to social media to express their condolences. I'm Clay Gordon. A county auditor in southwest Ohio is in trouble with the law. Steve Vaughn explains. Butler County Auditor Roger Reynolds was indicted on five counts, including bribery and other corruption-related charges. Sheriff Richard Jones, who launched the investigation seven months ago, is calling on Reynolds to resign. It's embarrassing. This isn't the first time Butler County has had office holders that get indicted or go to prison. Reynolds is accused of pressuring local officials to approve a road project that would benefit property owned by his father. He will be arraigned February 17th. Steve Vaughn, ONN. 
A bill that would tighten monitoring restrictions on criminal offenders when they leave prison is one step closer to becoming law. Yolanda Harris has more with the mother trying to get the law passed in her daughter's name. The Ohio House unanimously passed the Reagan-Tokes Act. Tokes was killed by Brian Goldsby, who had been released from prison months earlier with a GPS ankle monitor. But it had no restrictions and very little oversight, which allowed him to commit several robberies before killing Tokes. The fact that we actually had forward movement and traction today possibly are going to get this over the finish line to success on both parts of the bill, I think, is a huge win. The bill's sponsor says she is optimistic the bill will pass the Senate. I'm Yolanda Harris. Auto dealerships have very few new cars to sell due to a supply shortage, and it's creating new issues. Emma Henderson reports from Mayfield Heights. Chad Mayer is chief operating officer of Nick Mayer Auto. They currently have just six new cars on the lot. That means fewer sales, so he says they've tacked on a market adjustment fee. You may end up having to pay a higher price. They aren't alone. You can see these fees even in your online hunt, ranging from as much as a few hundred dollars to as much as $20,000, depending on the car. But now General Motors and Ford are calling for this practice to stop. Mayor says the extra fees are keeping him in business. In Northeast Ohio, Emma Henderson. A suburban Akron community was considering allowing ice fishing on a local lake. Then the mayor made a comment that's spreading around the country. Lydia Espara explains. Hudson's mayor, Craig Schubert's comments about the topic even had the fish flipping. And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem prostitution. This is not the first time the mayor has made controversial statements. Kate Shadelman is Ward 1 council person. Last fall, he went to a school board meeting and demanded the resignation of five school board members because prompts being used in a creative writing class were considered pornography. The comments led to death threats to several board members, and this one has now gone viral. Lydia Spira in Cleveland. And an Ohio native is hoping to use an Ohio-made football to lead his Southwest Ohio team to victory in this Sunday's Super Bowl. Dom DeBerry has the story. Well, they're busy these days up at the Wilson Football Factory in Ada, Ohio. They're making all the footballs that will be used in Sunday's Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Rams. Each team's going to receive 108 of the footballs. Joe Burrow, he's hoping for a quick start. We want to get out to a strong start, but whatever the game calls for us, for, for, to, for us to win, we're going to go out and do, if we get behind early, you know, we're not going to panic. You know, maybe a, a comeback is going to be necessary, but, you know, we'd like to jump out early and kind of control the game. I'm Dom Tiberi reporting. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.